we continue reading this morning from Psalm 107, beginning in verse 23. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning and the privilege of, of what we've witnessed, uh, your work in our midst. We pray, Holy Spirit, now that as we unpack your word for a bit, that our hearts and minds would be transformed. Holy Spirit, that you would do that work, which only you can do, illuminating this beautiful song that we've just had read for us and making us to think deeply about what it means for our own lives and for your glory's sake. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. It's a beautiful morning when you have the privilege of seeing the the evidence of God's work in our midst. And each man that stood before you today as leaders in this church, each man has a story of rescue. At one time or another, they had to tell that story to elders in order to become members of this church. How is it that the Lord had moved in their life to make them his own, to reveal to them that they are in need of a savior? And it's a wonderful thing to recount the story. It's also neat this morning as Dr. Don Delahunty is ordained and installed as an elder for his daughter, Claire, to be singing that wonderful Fernando Ortega song, Sing to Jesus. And he didn't know she was gonna be singing. A sweet surprise. And something else to note is that Pete Flowers, the child of this church, now an elder of this church, was maybe 10 or 12 when this church started, somewhere around there, and now he's an elder. How sweet to see the Lord continue to multiply the work. Each man before you has a story of rescue, just like each man and and woman and child sitting here in the congregation. And that story in one way or another is the same story of this song. Remember, we looked at this last week. This song has four accounts. Four accounts, each followed by a chorus. And the chorus goes this way. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Then there's a bit of a refrain, and then another part of the chorus. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And so this morning we come to the fourth account. And the fourth account is a group of sailors. It's a group of men who have set out on to the open sea. I wanna unpack this essentially verse by verse for a few minutes 
It says in verse 23, some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. What that means is if they're doing business on the great waters is that they're sailors. They are professional seamen. They know what to do. They know how to prepare the boat. They know how to sail the boat. They know how to respond in terms of all sorts of circumstances. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. This is verse 24. Imagine that. I'm not sure what boats looked like when this psalm was written. I'm not sure really what the boats looked like when Jesus was on a boat. They're not like the boats we have today. What were they made of? Very strong, very secure, but still, it's thousands and thousands of years ago. And yet these men go out and they float and they are out there in the open sea. And imagine what it is to see into these deep waters that aren't really as polluted, not nearly like they would be today. What did it look like to look down into the deeps of the water and see the things that God had made? Remember this, as advanced as we are with technology, there's, there's still places under the water that we don't have the technology to send something. There's places that are so deep we can't get to, all for God's glory. And there are creatures living down there that we've never seen. Why? Just for his glory. At the same time as they're looking down into the waters, into the depths of the sea, can you imagine what their night sky looked like? Can you imagine being out on the open sea? There's no electricity. And just to look up at the sky, the constellations, this, this transcendent God and his creation, they saw the glory of the Lord. The Psalm goes on, verse 25, for he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. Now it describes how they're responding to the storm. Don't miss what it said. He, it's God, commanded the storm. It says that, verse 25, they mounted up to the heaven, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight, and they reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. That's an amazing description. Have you ever been on a boat that's in the middle of a storm when you weren't sure you were going to make it back? I have. It's the day I became a Christian. It's not why I became a Christian, but it happened on the day I became a Christian. You've heard me many times mention June 23rd, 1982, but I don't think I've ever told this story. At least I don't remember if I have. June 23rd, 1982, I woke up with two thoughts. I'm 15 and a half. First thought, I want to go sailing today. I'm at a Young Life camp called Castaway. It's in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, sitting on beautiful Pelican Lake. You get to water ski, you get to parasail, and you get to sail, but you have to sign up and you have a specific time to go. It was my day to go sailing. I'd never been sailing. Little bitty sailboats, two people at a time. My young life leader said, I want to take you out. I woke up with the thought that morning, I want to go sailing. The second thought I had was something's wrong with me. I don't know what, but something's wrong. That afternoon, I went down to the dock to get on the boat. The sky was very, very dark. And the waves were, it's a big lake, were beginning to really move in. And they had a sign, and the sign, it said, expert sailors only. I had never sailed. I wasn't sure if my Young Life leader had ever sailed. And he was 42, 43, so he wasn't like a college intern, so I figured he's a grown man. He knows what he's doing. 
He comes down, high-fiving everybody. We get on the boat. He's never sailed. (laughs) I've never sailed. I assured him that he knew what he was doing. I put on the life vest, he puts on the life vest, and off we go. Wind hits our sail, and it moves us so fast away from the shoreline. We were laughing so hard, truly one of the hardest laughs of my entire life. The boat got up on its side. I felt like this is the best life I've ever lived. We're going very, very fast, water splashing in our face. He's laughing, and he's got the oar. I'm laughing, and then the boat goes over on its side. We're laughing still. Clouds are dark all around us. The waves are high. We get the boat turned up right, and off we go again. The problem was we couldn't turn it back towards shore. We've gone past every buoy that warned you not to go past them. And suddenly we're at a great distance far away when the sky really turns evil and lightning is everywhere. It's dangerous at this point. And our only hope, even in the midst of laughter, is that somebody's going to come and get us. But there was no way to call for help. They could only see us. Well, the good news is somebody did. They came and they dragged us back in. The first thing they said to us is, I thought you knew what you were doing. I said, he told me he did. (laughs) Tom took me on the boat that day to tell me about Jesus. He took me on the boat that day to tell me what was wrong with my life. There was no external appearance that something was wrong with me, but I knew deep down inside something wasn't right. It was the work of the Holy Spirit beginning to illuminate my heart, to take me to a place where I would get to the end of myself and cry for help. That conversation did not happen on the boat, but it happened on the shore, maybe an hour after we got back safely. These men, are not inexperienced sailors. These men are not those who are pretending to be experts. My issue that day ultimately was, to those warning us not to go, I've got this. If I don't have it, my young life leader does. These men were not like that. These men were experts. They knew what they were doing. They had encountered storms. They probably anticipated that they would encounter a storm but they had never encountered a storm like this. This was a storm brought into their life by God. They give God the credit. And as the storm comes up on them, the psalm, this song tells us that they do everything in their power to save themselves. Do you see it? It's in this description, verse 26. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. Their courage melted away. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Paul's prayer for the elders, he mentioned having courage. Men who have been ordained and installed today, you need to be courageous men. Because there are storms that will happen, as you know already, in your own life. And there are storms that are going to happen in the people that are looking at me right now. A various strength, a various darkness, but all very real. And they are going to need you to be men of courage. But in order to be the men of courage that they need you to be, your fleshly courage has to melt away. 
You cannot rely upon your own strength, your own wisdom, your own experience apart from Christ. You must depend completely on Him, as we all must. God can use those things in our life, but our temptation and tendency is to always run to our ability, our experience, apart from Jesus. Their courage melted away. It's amazing. When their courage melted away, it says that they reeled and they staggered like drunken men. So get the picture. These professional sailors are on the boat. And if you were looking on at their behavior, it would look as if they were drunk, unable to stand up still, straight. They were out of control. There was nothing left for them to do. In fact, the psalmist goes on to say they were at their wit's end. I love the description. In the ESV Bible, there's a little footnote. If you're looking at an ESV translation, at the bottom it says this. In the Hebrew, it means all their wisdom was swallowed up. That's what it means to be at your wit's end. In other words, they did not know what else to do. Every bit of wisdom they had, every bit of courage they had, and these were courageous men in the flesh, everything that they had in their midst that could help them survive this storm was not a reality anymore. And so when they came to their wits end, when their courage melted away, then they cried out. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Their trouble was that they were dying. And the psalmist says, he delivered them from their distress. Every man and woman and child here today, and those who visit and worship with us every Sunday, we all have storms in our life. We're either moving towards one, in the middle of one, or coming out of one. And the temptation for every human soul, every human person, is to depend upon their own strength, their own courage, their own wisdom to weather the storm. That's the evil plight. We are so hardwired to think, I can handle this. I've got this. I can do this myself. But the truth is, self is the enemy. It's when we come to the end of ourself that we cry out. It's when God brings circumstances into our life that cause us to come to the end of ourselves that we cry out. Then, four times in this psalm, they cried to the Lord. Then they cried to the Lord. Then they cried to the Lord. Then they cried to the Lord. And he delivered them from their distress. The grace of coming to the end of self is what this psalm is all about. And four times... The psalmist gives us pictures of those who did. God's grace in their life, bringing them to the end of their self. 
It reminds me of so many things about Jesus. It reminds me of the prodigal son having squandered everything. It literally says, and he came to himself, or he came to the end of himself when there was nothing else left, and he returned home. He returned home to a father whose love is perfect. But you can't miss the connection between this picture. This was not an actual event historically that happened. It's a picture of sailors on these rough waters in the midst of a storm. But you can't miss the picture that is not just a picture, but a real event. Thousands of years later, where Jesus is on a boat. And Jesus is on a boat in which some of the men are expert sailors, and some are not. He's on a boat with a group of men who have been following him because he called them. And he's on this boat with men, and Jesus reveals his humanity. He's tired. And so on this boat, Jesus goes to sleep. And he's sleeping well. And then a storm comes. And as the storm comes upon these disciples' lives, as they begin to feel the boat moving up and down, as they begin to see and feel the powerful wind at work, they do everything in their strength. And eventually their courage melts away. Eventually they lose their wisdom. Eventually they come to the end of themselves and one moves towards Jesus who's still asleep in the midst of the storm. And he says, it's recorded in Matthew and Mark and Luke, don't you care? We're perishing. We're going to drown. And Jesus stands up. And Jesus, the one who has made everything, including those men, says, be still. And everything goes calm. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. But it created a different distress. The distress for the disciples that day, new followers of Jesus, they hadn't known him very long, is this man who was sleeping in the boat got up and he said, be calm and be still. And when everything went quiet, we are told that they said, in fear, who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey? I'm not sure, my friends, what kind of storm is brewing in your life right now. I'm not sure if it's work-related or if it's physical. There's a disease, a diagnosis. I'm not sure if it's relational. 
a conflict in your marriage or in your parenting or grandparenting or dating or at school. I'm not sure if it's emotional that the storm you go to sleep with wakes you up in the middle of the night and is still present in the morning. I'm not sure if it's spiritual that it's just an agonizing struggle with a particular besetting sin. But I know, because I know my own life and heart, that the storms are very real. And I know that the temptation for all of us is to try and weather that storm with our own flesh, our own ability. We rely upon reputation. We rely upon even family name. We rely upon our own experience, our own resources. I want to tell you everything that I've mentioned does have limits. But there's one that doesn't. And that is the one who is in ultimate control. And his name is Jesus. And he came to weather the ultimate storm of taking on our sin, all of our sin, all of the world's, and the wrath of his heavenly Father, so that we could cry to him in distress and have the promise that he isn't just the one who will deliver us, he is the deliverer. Whatever you're burdened by today, Cry out to the Lord in your trouble. He can deliver you from your distress. He promises. He gives us himself. If you've never cried out to the Lord, you've never cried out to the Lord to save you, maybe today is the day. And if so, I want to invite you to do something very courageous. It will only happen if the Holy Spirit's at work and your courage in the flesh is melting away. But I want you to come forward and I want you to talk to a believer in Jesus. They may be sitting next to you. They may be around you. But if you don't know, I want you to come forward and I want you to talk to me or one of our pastors, or one of our ministry leaders, a man or a woman, who can tell you about Jesus. If today you're sitting there and you know you're a believer because you've cried out for salvation and you're saved by His grace, but you are overwhelmed by a storm that you're in, don't weather the storm alone. Come. Come. Let us pray for you. You do not have to weather this alone. Last thing, the chorus doesn't just say, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. It ends this way. Just listen. As if you're hearing a song being sung, the fourth time in this psalm, the psalmist wrote or sung, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let's do that as we sing the promise of our closing hymn.
it is well with my soul.